0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Straight ahead on the Insiders, no virtual caucus, so now what? Michael Gartner, the Pulitzer Prize winning author, TV and newspaper executive will join us on what he thinks should happen now and what he does not think Democrats should push when it comes to education. Plus Facebook and Google are getting some extra attention by Iowa's attorney general and others. A Drake expert is here about the privacy concerns about what giant companies know about us. And in the insider's quick six, the national pastime and why one Iowan loves it the way he does. A lot of brainstorming going on for Iowa Democrats these days. They scrapped their plan to let you caucus by phone after the Democratic National Committee pulled the plug on that idea. I asked longtime journalist, executive, civic leader, Michael Gardner, what should happen now?
2: It's a mess. I mean, that's the question, what do they do? I mean, here you've got democracy on one side, which is everybody ought to be able to participate. And then you've got economic development, tradition, and mainly the New Hampshire Secretary of State <laughs> on the other side, and he's got all the cards. Uh, the New Hampshire has the cards. If, if Iowa goes to anything that even resembles a caucus.
1: A primary. Uh,
2: I mean a primary. Then New Hampshire can step ahead. Then I will become second or fourth or twenty-second or something. And their state law spells it's, it out. That's, that's the New Hampshire law. So uh, when the D, when the Democrats said you can't do this virtual caucus, which was goofy anyway, I mean it was like the Constitution. You know, uh, you're only you're only three-eighths of a person or you're only five-eighths of a person. So there's
1: only going to be ten percent of yeah, the overall pie you Yeah, know, it was here. just it
2: was just bizarre, and. Whose vote counts for what? I mean, the whole thing was crazy. So you can say, well, let's go back to the way it was. But if you go back to the way it was, then you have a whole category of people: uh, old people like me who don't want to stand up uh, for two or three hours, uh, disabled people, people who work nights, people who can't get babysitters, uh, people who, for one reason, are you know, you have bad
1: weather all yeah, kinds of stuff. yeah.
2: And so uh, I don't know. I'm glad I'm not Troy Price.
1: But Troy Price, the Democratic party chair when he stood up and acknowledged all right we're gonna we're gonna punt on this virtual caucus thing he did guarantee that they were gonna find some way to expand access here yeah, so there yeah. has to but be but he hasn't yet said what that is right it. well they're trying yeah. to figure it out right yeah right. so it has to be some kind of absentee voting of some well, sort, I don't think right? you can
2: do I don't think you can do absentee ballots without becoming a primary but what do I know
1: so do you see no practical solution here other no, than i mean you either have to go back you
2: either have to go back to the way it was which is terribly unfair or you have to give it up
1: all right let's talk about college you know a little bit about this you were on right. the board of regents for right. a few years I in guess. your career here hey will you look at what we just heard from central college right. this past week so a uh, private college in pella their tuition was normally about $38,000. Now that was the sticker price, and of course, yeah, they would negotiate with you and say, okay, we'll give you this, we'll give you that, whatever. So instead, they're kind of, it's like no haggle when you go in and buy a car, right? Saturn, I think, used to do that. So now it's, they knocked it down about 20 grand to say, this is essentially what you're gonna pay. You
2: notice they didn't knock down the room and board, uh, which is a fixed cost, uh, and that stayed the same. So I was on the Simpson board years and years ago, and there was a big argument about tuition. And I said, wait a minute, that's a marketing number. Do you want to compete with Grinnell, or do you want to compete with DMac? If you want to compete with Grinnell, let's raise the tuition way high. If you want to compete with DMac, raise it way low. It makes zero difference. Because you raise the tuition way high, you just increase the amount of student aid. So the only people that really this really affects are those full-pay full students. And I'll bet you at Central, I'll bet you there's not ten full-pay students. It's like hospital rates, you know. When I was on the Regents, we'd argue about hospital rates at the University of Iowa. It makes no difference. Rates are set by Medicare and Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, and there's a handful of full-pay students, Half, I mean full-pay patients. Half of them are indigents who never pay and half are really wealthy people who pay. So it's a, it's a meaningless tuition is a meaningless figure.
1: And I think Central has about 1000 students. You mentioned Simpson, they tried that a couple of years ago where they said if your family makes 60 grand or less, you can have free tuition here. Yeah, to, but and they had been dealing with declining But that's enrollment. That, if
2: you make that then you're eligible for Pell grants and you're eligible for the Iowa tuition grant and all and all of those things and and so it, it's all yeah you you did it right. It's all car used cars
1: talk. But but isn't it historically don't you for the true sticker price where the these universities make their money isn't it from rich families who where the kids don't get academic or athletic scholarships and maybe the foreign students that come from perhaps a lot of money where they can well, make their at, money at the
2: universities at the universities that's a whole different story the universities have these have a two tier they have out of state tuition and in state and at least when I was there, the out-of-state tuition is where you made a ton, and in-state, every in-state student, you lost money, you, you in effect lost, lost money on, uh, but I don't know how it, how it is now. I've been off the Regents for 10 years or so, but um, uh, private colleges don't have in-state and out-state, so you just have to say, this is the number. This is what we need to operate. We need X thousand dollars. How are we going to get there? Are we going to have a real high tuition and discount it? Are we going to have a low tuition and not discount it? Take your pick.
1: What's the right way to go? I don't know. Just, I mean, just depends on the individual, individual purpose of that university? Yeah,
2: I mean, the right way to go is to have a really, really good school like Grinnell has, where you can kind of charge what you want and where you're not, where you're not reliant on Iowa students. See the, the problem is the number of Iowa high school graduates is level if not declining and there's all these colleges fighting for it along with UNI and so you have a smaller base and so a lot of these colleges aren't going to survive.
1: Uh step back on this issue if you would, as you watch the Democrats come campaign in our state as they are running for president we are hearing this perhaps more so in this 2020 campaign than we did in the previous several, this idea of tuition-free college. And you have some of them like Bernie Sanders saying, I'm gonna wipe away all student debt that's out there. Elizabeth Warren, it's maybe capped at 100,000 or so. Is that a
2: realistic promise? No. And,
1: and maybe once we step past the primary, is that a winning message? No,
2: no, I mean, well, first of all, how do you, Tell me you're going to do that and tell me exactly how you're going to afford it, exactly how, how you're going to do it. I think that it, it, it's a great thing to say, you know. It, it's a chicken in every pot, but, but uh, how, how do you do it? How do you just wipe out college debt? Uh, and who's going to, you know, your college debt is with, uh, with banks. Uh, who's going to reimburse the banks? Uh, who's going to reimburse uh, the government? Who's going who's to do this? You know, show me the show me the plan exactly how it's going to work exactly who's going to pay for it exactly how many students were involved exactly how much money is involved and then let's look at it that way. But you can't just say I'm going to wipe out student debt. You know, I mean that's like me saying uh, we're going to the Iowa Cubs are not going to lose a game. I mean, it's an easy thing to say hard thing to do.
1: All right. So if we look at these national polls, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are two of the top 3 Democrats in right. most of these polls. So what does that say? Is it about more than
2: this just one issue or uh, is that the base want this? Uh, 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 well, first of all, that's those are polls of Democrats. Right? And so maybe to get the Democratic nomination, you run on the left. But once you're up in a general election, that's, a, that's not a sustainable position.
1: He'll be back for the quick sticks a little bit later on. When we come back first, though, we'll look at why nearly every attorney general in the United States wants to know more about Facebook and Google. Mm-hmm. Odds are by the time you woke up today and before you got on with your day, you used Facebook or Google one way or the other, right? Attorneys general all across our country want to make sure those two companies don't have too much say in our lives and perhaps know too much about us. They, including Iowa's Tom Miller, have launched investigations into Facebook and Google. It is something that Dr. Matthew Mitchell watches closely. He's the associate professor of international business and strategy at Drake. Appreciate the time. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. You're uh, you're going to help us understand what all this is, but. Underscoring a lot of this is the, their access to our personal stuff, right? Absolutely. Privacy. Absolutely. Um, it's mind-blowing
0: how much data Google and Facebook and their associated companies like Instagram, WhatsApp, and all the Google apps um, track about you, me, from the morning you know, when we wake up in the morning to, to our, our nighttime, and even through our sleeping. Um, they, they know our locations. They know our, our browsing history, our purchasing history. So, um, yeah, I think that's a a big story that's coming out of these investigations.
1: You've been to 75 countries, (laughs) give or take a few, uh, throughout your career. Are you seeing that what we are witnessing right now in our country, is this a worldwide focus now looking at these companies? Because they are international giants. Absolutely. Um, uh, You know, China has about 1.4
0: billion people. India has about 1.3 billion people. Uh, Facebook has over two billion people. Um, and so if, if they were a country, they'd be the largest country in the world. So that means this issue extends far beyond our borders. Um, you know, with, with their reach throughout the world in search and social media, um, through their, their messaging platforms like WhatsApp. Um, this is a global phenomenon, and it doesn't only apply to US citizens. It applies to, to citizens and, and consumers all
1: over the world. So our country's attorneys general here, what, what specifically do they want to try to figure out here? Because they're not alleging any improper, illegal behavior, anything like that. And some of them went to say, hey, this is just an inquiry into yeah. this. So what do they want to try to figure out?
0: Yeah, um, I, I think they are looking particularly at does the market power of Facebook and Google harm consumers? Uh, so, so long story short, it is not illegal to be big, right? Um, they, they provide a service. We, we enjoy the service. We opt into these services through search, through social media, uh, through messaging. But what is illegal is do these activities, does you know when they purchase companies, is that harming consumers' day-to-day lives? Um, And and that's, I think, what they're really looking for. We can't see into those requests that they've made of Facebook and Google, Uh, but if we could, I I, I bet that's what they're looking for. Is this harming consumers' choices?
1: Okay, talk about big. Let's say Walmart concerned the small mom-and-pop places for years, right? So what's the difference between a Walmart and then taking it up a notch to what Facebook and Google do?
0: Yeah, so I think what we're really looking at is anti-competitive practices. When I reached out to, to my experts in social media, they said, we haven't seen innovation um, in in seven, ten years in social media because what happens, and they were very passionate about this, Facebook, uh, along with Instagram, WhatsApp, and, and Google will purchase up these small companies and then just integrate those functionality into their existing platforms. Well, that's not great for you and me. If we're interested in the, the newest uh, innovations, um, the the only innovation that that one mentioned to me was TikTok. Uh, and mm-hmm. so TikTok is a company that came out of China and that has very different protections on, on data that, that our companies in the U.S. may have, uh, but, but, you know, TikTok as an innovation propelled the rise of Lil Nas X, the, the most recent, most right. popular song over Old the Old Town the Road. Summer. Old Town Road. So um, I, I think uh, industry experts are clamoring for more innovation in the sector, and that's something that
1: would benefit you and me. Okay, so if if I'm owning Amazon or Apple, yeah. am I nervous? Um, you know, we, we talk about the big tech, the big
0: four, uh, and that includes Amazon, Apple, Google, and, and Facebook, particularly. In, uh, in, in California. Um, I would be nervous. Uh, I think and Facebook. California, as you point out, is not part of this. <laughs> California is, is not one of the 48 states or the District of Columbia or Puerto Rico that, that uh, participate in the Google uh, filing. Um, But uh, there is a little bit of a difference in in terms of strategy between an Apple or an Amazon, a Google, and a Facebook. And and that difference is, I think you have Tim Cook and and Apple on record for many, many years. That they are a a broken record saying, privacy is a fundamental human right. And so in, in many ways, a lot of their products and services have actually lagged behind, like Alexa or Echo. Um, their digital assistant series has just not been great because they don't monetize your data or my data in the same way
1: that a Facebook or a Google has. But we still worry Alexa's listening to us and Alexa's always recording some of that. Somebody's always listening. Um, about a half a minute left here. What about yeah. the Iowa implications here? Because we have to obviously get yeah. our own turf. So, how, yeah. how do these things impact us?
0: Well, I think um, if you do have action against Google or, or Facebook, um, then you know obviously we have Facebook data centers here. and, and so we have a connection there. But uh, you, you could expect to see that to, to support traditional print advertising outlets. And, and you know, for an example, Meredith is a very big company, a big employer in, in town um, that, that relies a lot on print media. And so as we watch this field evolve, we're going to be very interested to see how this would affect traditional
1: print advertisers. All right, want to watch her. Appreciate yeah. you breaking it down. Thanks Absolutely, appreciate it, Dave. All right, when we come back here, Senator Chuck Grassley took a little time to look back as the country's remembering what happened in those September 11th terrorist attacks. Hear how he explains why he doesn't think the war on terror began after 9 11. It has been another week of reflection and sadness for the families of these two Iowans. Tim Haviland's family in Ames and Jim Cleary's family in Newton remember those two men who died while working in the World Trade Center back on September 11, 2001. I asked Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley to assess America's continued battle against terrorism, and he ended up disagreeing slightly that this country's war on terror began after those 9-11 attacks.
3: And that's what I thought, too. But you can really look back at history... And I remember the first one, the terrorist attacks at the uh, Olympics in 72. I think of terrorists uh, hijacking TWA planes and killing Americans in Greece. And we had the attacks in eastern Africa in the mid-1990s. We had the attack on the... Towers that were went down on 9/11, but the first attack to blow them up was 1993. So I would have to say the war on terror was going on for three decades before we had 9/11. So we were in a war and we didn't know it, and 9/11 made it just uh, uh, just uh, uh, a reality to all of us, and and. Uh, and that's kind of why there's some legitimacy to your question but it really goes back a long time before that. Now I don't have the latest figures but within the last year the FBI have told us that there's at least a thousand cases that they're observing in the United States of potential uh, uh, terrorist activity related to the same organizations or influenced by the same organizations that are regularly talked about in the, uh, 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 around the globe involved in, in uh, terrorism. And at least uh, every state's got at least one of them. So where in Iowa would that terrorist be? I don't know, the FBI probably is watching somebody or some people.
1: Coming up, the new new name of the event that will keep timekeepers busy in November in Des Moines. November 1st is another day to circle on the calendar for Iowa and national politics. It's the date of the Iowa Democratic Party's largest fundraiser of the year, and it'll have another new name. Let's go back through history first. For decades, this was known as the Jefferson Jackson Dinner, or J.J., But Democrats nationally grew increasingly uncomfortable with holding an event named after two slave owners so that event in Iowa continued but with a different name that's why the fall gala arrived or gala whichever one it is here in 2015 the state party decided on that new name to use for the future instead but it turned out to be a short future this year the big dinner will be called the liberty and justice celebration It should feature the biggest candidate dinner guest list ever, though. Now, for some perspective on this, when Barack Obama really exploded and brought the crowd to its feet back in 2007, he was one of six Democratic presidential candidates that night. Well, this November, there could be perhaps three times as many. So good luck to Chairman Troy Price trying to schedule that. The biggest issue that deserves more attention, the most influential person, the love of the game, they're all next when Michael Gartner returns for the Insider's Quick Six. Time now for the Insider's Quick Six. Michael is back. All right, question one. What concerns you most about the future of Iowa that is not getting enough attention these days?
2: Uh, Education.
1: Question two: Why historically has Iowa's population grown so slowly, and what do we do to change that?
2: grown so slowly because there's no big magnet here. Uh, we don't have mountains, we don't have out oceans, we don't have massive tech companies. Uh, but the growth, the growth is solid right now, uh, especially in the metro in the metro areas. I don't know what you do about rural growth. You have to get uh, Governor Vilsack on about that.
1: <laughs> Question three, who is the most influential political figure you have ever personally met, and why?
2: Influential on Iowa or influential? You personally. That I've, but influence where, in, in the state of Iowa or nationally? Either one. Uh, nationally, it would uh, probably be uh, Obama. In the state of Iowa, I think you'd have to say uh, two people. Uh, who changed the state dramatically. One is Harold Hughes, and one was Tom Vilsack.
1: Question for you you're 80 years old now, right?
2: And I'll be 81 next month, so I guess that's right.
1: Because of that, do you have a different outlook on life as an experienced man as opposed to a young guy? Sure. And how?
2: Sure, I uh, tend to think that uh, there are not uh, absolutes, that nothing is absolutely right or absolutely wrong. Uh, Most things are not. And I also tend to think that somebody I'm arguing with, maybe they're right. Uh, And look at things uh, perhaps with a little less. I mean, you have to have a sense of outrage. But maybe I'm trying to aim that at things that are truly outrageous.
1: All right. question five is one of the owners of the Iowa Cubs What is it, because you're also a baseball fan, what is it about the game of baseball that has endeared itself to you? No clock. Finally, your prediction.
2: The Chicago Cubs will win the World Series again someday. But not
1: 2019?
2: I didn't say that. Okay.
1: We'll leave it at that. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Glad to be with you. Let's stay connected throughout the week. We'll see you next week. See you next